This podcast is brought to you by Reraw Irish Lager, a light and fresh lager independently owned and brewed in County Wicklow. Thanks, Reraw. Welcome to Phoning It In, the improvised phone-in show. My name is Dave Coffey. The usual phone lines are open, so get calling. We're going to kick things off this week with our topic of the week. This week, we're talking about overbearing parents. Luke, your dad acts more like a drill instructor than a father. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. What's What does he do? Uh, basically, six o'clock every day in the morning, my dad will come in and he'll blow a whistle. And he'll say, right, get out there into that garden and do 100 push-ups. Oh, my God. Uh, and then give me 100 laps of the garden. And we've quite a sizable garden. So, um, yeah, it's it's destroyed my life, really. It's destroyed my social life, my my sex life, my health, uh, everything. And How has it affected your sex life, Luke? Well, I, I have to get up very early in the morning, so I can't I can't go out to nightclubs. And oh, you're just too I'm, tired. I'm just far too exactly right. from all the push-ups. Now my my arms are fantastic, and, and I'm very popular well, with. I was going to say, but, there's obviously um, pluses to this as well because like some people would pay a lot of money to have like a personal trainer get up and do that with them every morning. Yeah, but but their dad, you know, having yeah. that person live with you day in day out and and to do it with you from the age of three onwards, I just think you three. Know, right, you must be ripped. I'm very jacked, Dave. Yeah. What yeah. age are you, Luke? Uh, 39. 39? Okay, so this has been going on for a long, a long time. A long time, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What would you say to your dad if he was here? Um, dad, um, I don't love you. I've never really had a very close relationship with you, and I, uh, I want this to end. Well, surprise, surprise, because your dad is on oh, the Jesus line. Uh, Ted, you, you've been listening into that. What do you make of that, Ted? Well, it's more uh, more just example of why my son is just a weakling, why he's a worm, why he is just a pathetic excuse for a boy. Yeah. Uh, has he always been, like, a bit pathetic? Oh, from the get-go, I remember picking him up in the hospital, him crying away. Ugh. I remember the doctor hit him a wee slap. Um, just to sort of get the whole guts going yeah. and he bawled and he bawled and I said first first words I said to him not my son yeah yeah You're, you'd be more of a kind of a man's man I'm a very manly man whereas your son Luke I'd call him a woman's man a woman's man okay uh, do, do you accept that Luke that you're more of a womanly woman's uh, man I, I would a girly I, boy I, I, speak up boy well look I would maybe accept that I am very popular with the ladies. You can call me a ladies' man. A ladies' but man. But I wouldn't describe myself as a woman. A worm is a disgusting thing to call anybody, uh, even though I'm very talented at the particular the, the dance, dance the dance move of yeah. the worm because of my upper arm strength. Right. Um, but I just it's just a real exemplary, like an ex- an exemplar of the way my father would speak and treat to me. Mm. Treat me. Yeah. I didn't listen to a word he just said. No, see, I don't respect him, but I listen to everything you say. I can tell by your voice. That you are... Uh, I command kind of... Command respect. Masculine oh, respect. Yes. You're <laughs> uh, like Clarkson. Yeah, I know. Listen, I get compared to him all the time. Um, look, Luke, you're, this is your opportunity to stand up to your father here mm-hmm. and prove to him that you, you are a man to be taken serious. Yeah. So I want you to know, you know that he's here now. I want you to face up to him and tell him what you think. A bit faster. All my life... I, I'm getting there, Dave. All my life, I have been woken up uh, before dawn, 
at the crack of dawn and even after dawn to do push-ups every single day, Christmas Day, Easter Sunday, before the egg hunt, um, and and before mass, and I am nothing but tired. I am so tired. Uh, I fall asleep regularly uh, in the middle of the day. I have uh, no uh, work life because I can't uh, sustain uh, a work life uh, when I have such sore muscles and such bulging muscles uh, that it actually makes it difficult for me to, to, to even hold a pen or a stapler or even operate a computer. Um, would you not get I, a, a, I would say a, a manly just, job? Like what? Digging, digging holes or... or yeah, something yeah. like that. Would. Well, I mean, I... I'll do a little bit of a confession here. Um, day by day, I've been replacing his pens and computers with very, very, very heavy versions of those objects. Right. So you take a pencil, a child can lift a pencil. Uh, I've um, replaced his pencil with uh, unobtainium. Okay. Uh, Which is very with, heavy. Uh, very, very heavy. And uh, I, I like to watch him struggle. I like to watch him lift up a, a, a phone and uh, struggle with that. I've, I've actually got it glued to, uh-huh. the, to the table. So he feels weak. I have a bit of a laugh. I mean, have you ever heard the song uh, A Boy Named Sue? Yes. So in that song, the father can't be arsed raising the child, so he calls him a girly name and yeah. then fucks off. Yeah. Uh, 20 years later, the son is as tough as a brick shithouse. Uh, picks a fight with the other lads, they fight through the streets, and then he thanks the dad at the end for making him tough. Yeah. That's kind of what I was going for here, and it has backfired completely. Where now my little boy... Well, you did the opposite. You well, gave him a manly name, you stuck him. around, you <laughs> trained him every single day of his life. Bet him down psychologically, <laughs> yeah, day by day. It had the exact reverse effect. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> what you need to do is have another kid and do the exact opposite. Yeah, call him Fanula or something. Yeah, and then Fuck just off. head off. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, well, I mean, that seems to be a good solution to your issue, Ted, which is that you've got a, 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 weak, a weak, girly boy yeah. son. Um. I wouldn't describe myself as girly, personally. I think that's a slur. Yeah, well, you wouldn't, obviously, um, but... Yeah. You know. If I physically fought my dad, I'd probably kill him. And I think that's the main... The, the thing that's stopping me is well, that I, but you've earned his respect. I have no... I have, I've always wanted him to say something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, come at me, bro. Okay. Come at me, boy. All right. Well, why don't you? Um, Please try and kill me, son. That's all I've asked for. That's I, all I I've wanted. The Luke, why don't you try I, and? I have no concept of my own strength, so I don't know how hard to hit him without yeah. making his brains come out of his ears. But that's Honestly, all. I, I would die with a smile on my face yeah. if you punch me to death, boy. Would you do I'm that? I'm so sick of you trying to hug me at family occasions. At Luke, my mother's will... my mother's funeral, where you come up to me and you said it's okay. Like I was sickened to my core. I just want my son to fight me. Yeah. Luke, will you fight your dad? Please, Luke. Yeah, if if that means that this is this is going to end, but I've tried fighting him psychologically uh, and not that, through, yeah. through Boggle uh, and other board games, but it, it's no. never worked. No, he wants a, a a proper fist fight. All right, guys. Well, listen. I'm glad we have a find. We have a solution there. So I want you to come back on next week and and let me know. Uh, who won the fight and uh, hopefully um, hopefully it'll just be Luke on the phone yeah, and I'll be lying on the ground <laughs> yeah uh, we'll, hope, we'll hope so best of luck with that guys thanks so much Thank you, uh, Luke and Ted Thank you. breaking news the improvised news show hosted by me and Mark Canton is back on Friday June 16th in the Pierce Centre on Pierce Street it is a fantastic night of live improv featuring some of your favourite performers from this show it's a BYOB event and tickets are available now from Eventbrite. Follow me at Phoning and In Show on Instagram for more details. Thanks.
I want to tell you about Reraw Irish Lager, who are kindly sponsoring this podcast. It is a light, fresh, locally made lager, and it has been crafted to celebrate the best bits of being Irish, including the best of Irish comedy, which is obviously why they're supporting this show. As well as making quality Irish lager, they're also busy making comedy sketches with some of the funniest folks in Ireland. So follow them on their Instagram at re.raw.beer. And when you get a chance, grab yourself a taste of crisp, refreshing Reraw lager. Thanks, Rero. We're talking about overbearing parents. Um, Elaine, your mother controls your love life. Is that right? That's true, eh? What What does she do? Oh, he, oh, where to start? Like, you know, she was the one who, you know, taught me everything from day one. What was that? You're about five years old. Five years old. And she handed me this book called Ready, Steady, Grow. Right? Mm. And she sat me down and she said, now this is what happens, right? And then the sperm goes in there. And Gave I, you all the details. Yeah, like my friend now, she was talking to me about Winnie the Pooh at the time. You mm. know, and I'm here looking at this book. Yeah, yeah. But she does, like she has her own kind of Tinder now for me. She'll cut out pictures of fellas from the Chronicle, the, the local paper. Oh, I don't okay, know, yeah. yeah. The Me Chronicle, I don't know yeah. if you're familiar yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. She'll, she'll cut them out and leave them on the table and she'll arrange the date that week for me. So you, do you swipe them left and right? Or? That's what she makes me physically yeah. do because yeah. she's trying to get in touch and up to speed with technology, but she's yeah. not really. So left, you swipe them into the yeah. bin and right, you swipe them into... Uh, but see, uh, the problem, Dave, is I want to swipe left and all of them. Why? You know, they're not, ah, these men are in their 60s. Like, I, a few of them she'd pull out of the obituaries. And I'm thinking, sure, this fella's <laughs> dead. He's deceased, like, how yeah. am I... You can't, you know, you can't date a, a, no. a dead alpha. No. Uh, well, that's tricky, all right. But she does go on dates with you as she well. She does. It's, it's fairly awkward now yeah. because, you know, I, you know, you're trying to go to the movies or go for a meal and your mother's sitting beside you. Yeah. And my mother in a film, you know, she's every fucking 10 seconds, she's like, who's he? Now, I know him <laughs> from something. It's just impossible to make a connection yeah. with the fella I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. Because of her. And you're in your 20s, but these men are all uh, 50 plus kind of. They are. And it's led me to believe that my mother is secretly using me to help her own love life. Oh, right. Okay. You know, like... Uh, so she's using you to get to them, kind of? That's what I think that's, is happening because... It's kind of a, a really clever uh, uh, catfishing, kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose. But, I mean, she's catfishing them in other ways as well because, you know, she's portraying herself to them as someone who's mentally sane and my mother's not. Okay. And they'll quickly find that out if they yeah. spoke to her because what she's doing to me is just not... It's not normal. No, though. no. And is there no uh, young men featured in, in the Meads Chronicle? Is there no young... There's not because they've left it. They've all and left, I don't blame they? them because there's not a lot to do. Really? You know? Yeah. Okay. There's, there's really not a lot going on. So, unfortunately... And, like, I'm not even from Mead. I'm from Dundalk and we moved over because there's no one left in Mead. Right, you know? okay. So, they're really trying you to fill saw, out. The, you saw a space there. We saw... Gap. Well, my mother thought there'd be bachelor men there. Yeah. You know, so that's really why... She's and she's not this. wrong. It's just that they're they maybe are. a little out of your uh, age, age bracket. Yeah. But I mean, she's been in the bedroom with me and, you know, a fella I'd met. Right. And she's sitting there giving hints and tips. You know, at one point, at one point she, <laughs> sorry, it's, it's hard to say this, but she actually put a condom on the man I was with. Right. And was that in, like a, in an instructional kind of way? That she was kind of like, this is how you do it, kind of? In the of? same way someone might put the tea, the milk in the tea for you. You know, it I was know just in mean. that kind of a gesture, just... I know what you mean. Uh, and look, she hadn't been wearing gloves. There was no kind of, you know, hygiene right. thought of in this. And, yeah. you know, that's going to kill a mood, Dave. I won't lie to you. It will, it will. 
Uh, I want to bring on um, Brian, who who went on a date with you and your mother. Uh, Brian, did you? Um, I don't want to get too personal. Did you? How far did things go with you and Elaine? Oh, they went the whole way. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I have to say, I was a bit disappointed at the start. Uh, I felt I was hoodwinked. Yeah. I felt I was sandbagged. Yeah. Um, by Elaine, Elaine's mother. Um, I was sent a photograph in the post and a little note under it. Uh, well, do you like me? Tick yes or no. Okay. And I ticked yes. I didn't know where this came from. And, and the I, photograph was of Elaine? It was. Okay. And it was a... Uh, it was a Komogi photograph. Okay. Um, so she was looking at a short skirt. And everything. Oh, yeah. This um, might have been a few years ago now, was it? Well, uh, yeah, I suppose it was. She was about 14 or 15 at the time. Okay. Um, it was the minor team, I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it was a blurry photo. Um, so I left the letter out with the milk bottles. I assume the milkman left it. Uh, I left the letter at the milk, bo- milk bottle. Sure enough, I got a call to arrive at a house. Um, and I was greeted by a middle-aged woman, Elaine's mother. And she she whined and she dined me. Uh, there was no talk of Elaine. Elaine wasn't there at all. Well, she said Elaine's coming back later. She was at the at the pictures. Okay. And um, it was the Lord of the Rings marathon. It was the twelve hour version oh, with wow. the fucking um, director's cut, whatever you call yeah. it. So she was. We had a good twelve hours to ourselves. Yeah. And she kind of gave me the rundown, and uh, I suppose after a. 12 cans of Guinness Dave you know you'd hop up on a cracked plate sure and um, Elaine came in Anya, and at that stage I was fairly wrecked yeah um, but the mother was very encouraging and she kind of got the whole show up and running again right. wait sorry had anything happened between you and Elaine's oh, we mother had full sex okay Dave. before Elaine even came oh, back full sex okay like, right and it was it was wicked enough now it was <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wicked. It was wicked enough. Yeah, like yeah. it was something I'd never really experienced before. And I complained to her after. I says, you know, I had a great time, but I'm not happy with you now. Um, and she compared it to if you ever tried to give a, a baby cabbage or something like that, and you hold out a spoonful of yogurt, and the child opens the mouth for the yogurt, and then you stick the cabbage in. She was like, that's kind of the thing I've got going on. <laughs> so Elaine was the yogurt, and the mother was the cabbage. Yeah. But you could get to like cabbage. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that people do to babies? Yeah. Okay. I, that's what that's how it was described to me. I don't have children. Okay. All right, listen, we have to bring on Elaine's mother, uh, Maggie. Maggie. Uh. <laughs> Hello, Oh, good, thanks. Memories come flooding back. Yeah. Well, that's it. You said you had a wicked time, and so did I. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, you, you don't deny what you did with Brian. No, not at all. Not but at all. do you not think it is kind of catfishing? Because on the one hand, you're saying, here, come on a date with my daughter, and then you're showing up, and then you're getting them drunk. Well, it's taking for the price of one, do you? Right, okay. That's what it is. I mean, I, I'm vetting these fellas for, for Elaine. To yeah. make sure they're good in, okay. in a, every, every kind of a way, if they're good at, at sexual intercourse or or talking or all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, so you're just say, you're saying I'm just being a good mother, and I'm any I'm, mother would do the same for their child. Dave. Any mother and, would do and, the and same. And if they say they don't, they're lying. Elaine, what do you say to that? I disagree entirely because she's saying there she's vetting for them and she's yeah. not because one of the fellas she set me up with, he films the funeral masses, right? He films the funerals in the church. Okay. He describes himself as a mass shooter. 
Okay. Right? That's not the type of fella I want to be going on a date with. Yeah. You know, last Easter in the locality, he organised uh, an, an egg hunt for barren women. Do you think that's that's so <laughs> insensitive, in my opinion? This type of fella she set me up with, I don't want that kind of guy in yeah. my life. No, fair enough. But see, the problem is her standards are too high, Dave. Right. And that's a man with a stable job who cares about women of a certain age. Yeah. And let's face it, Elaine is not getting any younger. That's true, Elaine. Look, I, I... What age are you now? Well, it's very rude to ask a lady your age, but my mother does have a posted on every, you know, post in the town anyway, so everyone knows it. I'm, you know, I'm 39. Right, okay. Yeah. Now, mm. long ago, a woman that age, unmarried, would be taken out and shot. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, this day and age, we're a lot more sensitive to the needs of women. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you should count your lucky blessings for the hatch. Elaine, what like? Do you not think? Uh, hang on, my mum's looking out for my, my best interest here. Okay, her her methods might be questionable, but she at, at the heart of it, she just wants you to meet a nice man. Well, I I can't say that because I look at how she's raised me in other areas of my life, and it's just it's always been the focus of love life. Like on the Facebook marketplace, you know, she's a picture up of me. She's selling items that I own. Trying to just make money for herself. What she's else not... can I do with you? I haven't got a job. You're sitting in the house like a big lump. I can't I go out of the say, house. I have to, I have to I... make a living for the pair of us somehow, Elena. You don't have a man. All right? I can't leave the house because when I do, I'm the laughing stock. Well, it's better to be talked about uh, that way than not be talked about at all. Mm-hmm. And nobody would nobody'd look twice at you if it wasn't for me. What do you say to that, Elaine? I think that's absolutely disgraceful that my own mother is on air now saying this kind of thing about me when, you know, that's not the truth at all. Like, I was seeing a fella and she ended it because he wasn't good enough in her eyes. Okay. Uh, what, you en- she ended it for you? She ended <laughs> How did she end it? Look, I don't want to incriminate her, but all I'm saying is I haven't heard or seen him. Right. For a while. Okay, well, and look. my mother was out of town for a week after and mm. when she came back her car and herself had a very strong smell of bleach and now that I remember it, she did have a shoebox filled with driving licences and men's shoes what do you think that was about well I mean it was just a bit weird I thought she was just sort of collecting men's driving licences yeah, it's yeah. a hobby it's yeah. a hobby the same as collecting stamps or, or lepidopterans or anything yeah, like that or like police badges or exactly. medals or, or I had d- noticed, albums I had <clears> noticed that a lot of these men had been reported missing right so to be what, are you, something what do you that. think that might mean though Brian oh I don't know okay you well know, <laughs> th- there's not a lot of people left in me particularly men and I don't think it's you think that's your mother's fault I do uh, that's, I mean, that's an outrageous claim to make uh, on poor Maggie who's just doing her best. Just doing her best for her daughter. Well, it is known, our town is known as the Bermuda Triangle for missing young lads. Oh, really? Mm. Um, well, listen, obviously Maggie and Elaine have a different view on things. But Brian, you're kind of the, uh, you know, you're kind of the, the neutral uh, uh, outside uh, person here. Like, what's your take? Do you think... Uh, Maggie's just trying to do right by her daughter or do you think she's I don't doubt that uh, Maggie had set out with the best intentions yeah but when you make love to a man for 12 hours um, I mean it's very hard to get him interested in anybody else Afterwards. you're sort of hooked at that stage yeah, it's yeah. like if you're fighting a fish how do you uh, mean 
I don't mean like physically hitting them. I yeah. mean like if you're if you're oh, fishing, and, yes. you know, you're there's a bond that happens between the fisherman and a fish after that length yeah. of time. And if that fisherman pulls you in, that fisherman and then hands in, the rod to another fisherman, yeah. it's, 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 that connection it's isn't there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. Uh, I'm sure she had all intentions for me to head off at Lane, but to be honest, after I got a taste of the mother, I wanted nothing to do yeah. with Lane. Yeah. Well, look, you must, you it, must you know? see, Maggie, that these methods haven't worked so far, so maybe it's time to try something different. Like, what, what would you suggest then, Dean? Well, I don't I know. I nothing but good to him. Yeah, I know, but you're, you're, you're too right, good. You're too, too good, good to good. me is the problem. I mean, could you not do the first part and bring them over and have a couple of drinks with them and suss them out and then... Bring Elaine in well, and let nature take its you, course. You wouldn't buy a car do you, without without test driving. Well, no, you drove. And I buy a car for, <laughs> for my for my daughter. Yeah, but uh, uh, there's test driving and then there's running there's it into the ground. There was, there was, yeah, there was, that was joyriding. That wasn't test driving, now, Maggie. Come on now. <laughs> I think you need to pull it back to, yeah. to test drive. Uh, I, I, pull, I pulled. Something you already back, pulled back. Okay, well. Uh, I feel like we're not getting any further, Elaine. Have you considered, you know, just getting out getting out from under and going doing your own thing I think it's the only option now but the problem is just that I am a laughing stock you know like you're I, laughing stock in Meath but not outside of Meath but do we know that because my mother has you know reached out to fellas outside of the county mm. you know she, you know I know that there's talk she she contacted you know the the public the public sphere no oh she, she was in touch with people in the public I've sphere. I've had responses for all kinds of people, Dave. I had the Sultan of Brunei said he was interested. Oh? And what happened? It's too long a flight. Right, yeah, yeah. For him or so, for her? Oh, for, for him, eh? He's got deep brain thrombosis. Oh, yeah, you have to be careful. You, you have to, to be careful. Yeah. I, and yeah. I'm so alone and I can't emphasise that enough, you know, like, and I just feel like I have no options really because any guy now if he even looks up about me, he'll see the stories in the paper about my mother. What fella would like to come into my life if he has to deal with my mother? Or not even deal with her, but actually, you know, go the deal full hog. Yeah. Well, any lad I've t- spoken to is very interested. In? In the mother uh, and the daughter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I was going to say, we do like to try and make love connections here on the show. Brian, mm-hmm. you've had you've had a go with Maggie, uh-huh. so to speak. Would you now maybe be interested in taking Elaine out? Um, I mean, it'd be hard because I'd just be thinking of the mother. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? If the mother died. Oh, yeah. uh, Maybe. Come back to me in a couple of years. Yeah. This is the problem, though. Like, this is what my mother's doing. She doesn't want me to actually have anyone. She's doing this on purpose so that no man will actually like me. She's in competition with me. Right, so she's actually. Uh, uh, it's not obviously. It's not cock blocking. What's the um, what's the appropriate? She's gooch coochin. Ah, yes, oh, yeah, gooch coochin. Um, do you do you accept that, Maggie? That you're gooch coochin? I I think Elaine is jealous of me because of my past. Your past? I I won Tyrone's sexiest woman in 1954 wow I didn't know that and, and, and she has been in my shadow ever since yeah yeah. even before she was born even before she, she was in my shadow yeah exactly yeah, yeah. exactly a, ga- so. a gash snatcher that's what you are ma'am mm-hmm. you always were and you always will be but it sounds to me Elaine like you need to get out from under mammy's shadow I do yeah. but you know I, I have to honestly at this stage change my name yeah. If I'm going to do that because, you know, what she's brought on with this family Change name. Change your name. I'm going to have to. Leave the country, leave her behind, and then she'll see what she's done. Like, look at Callum Best. 
Callum Best. Yeah, Callum Best, the son of George Best. Yeah, people sure. said there's no way you're going to be as cool as your daddy, and you could argue he's done even better than his father. But I mean, are I, you saying him because my mother's already contacted it? Like she did a number on him. On Callum Best. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Really? Wow. That's Best good work. Best my life, Dave. I mean, we, we can all agree on one thing. It's that Callum Best has outshone his father in every possible uh, way. Um, okay, guys. Listen, uh, I'm sorry we didn't come to a solution, but I want to thank Elaine, uh, her mother, Maggie, and Brian for phoning it in. Um, <laughs> Dave, I'd be, I'd be worried if I were you because she's going to get on to you next. Oh? Sleep with one eye open. Or, yeah. I, and I know the, maybe I, I know I, the one eye she's interested in. <laughs> Okay, thanks guys. Uh, Maggie, do give me a call. Thanks. The Podcast Studios is the home of the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's where lots of our shows are recorded and we work on editing, promotion, videos, live shows and lots more. As a podcast production company with three state-of-the-art studios for audio and video in Dublin City Centre, we can work with you to tell great stories in a professional and engaging way. From government organisations to charities, arts groups to international brands, entrepreneurs to hobbyists, we've worked with everybody and we can help you to get the word out. Whether you need studio time, you're hosting a live stream or webinar, or you need support with editing or marketing, we can tailor a package for you. For more info, head to thepodcaststudios.ie. If you like this show, please support it. The best way to do that is by leaving a review for the show on iTunes, posting about us on social media, or just telling some friends about us. If you can afford it, you can also support the show financially through Headstuff Plus. For a small monthly fee, you'll get access to a heap of bonus content from every single show on the Headstuff Network. That includes new, hilarious bonus episodes of this show, which are released every other week. If you can afford it, head on over to Headstuff Plus and sign up today. My special guest joining me in the studio today is former Garda detective Dinny McGuinness, who spent a good deal of his career working undercover in various criminal organisations. Dinny, you're welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Dave. Uh, I'd love to know straight off, what's the longest period you spent undercover? Well, I'd say I was undercover for uh, the longest period. Uh, probably about 28 minutes. 28 minutes? Yeah. And you're able to like sort of crack a case that quickly? Well, no. Oh. But you're able to maintain a facade for that length of time. And after that, it just gets away from you, doesn't uh, my, it? My own personality just seeps through. I end up saying like, God, you see the snooker last <laughs> night? And they're like, what are you on about? I was like, I was just watching the snooker there with the wife. It was brilliant. And they say, <laughs> you told us you weren't married. Oh, bollocks. I have right. to get out there. Yeah. Okay. So it's 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 a quick in it in it thing. Yeah. I you mean, got that first twenty eight minutes to try and like get some information. Get yeah. Some what's crack, lads? What's going on? Are you, are you guys interested in drugs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And has it worked much? Ah, uh, I mean, they're a skittish bunch, the druggies. Yeah. And they uh, they tend to sniff you out fairly quickly. Mm. Well, they will if you're gonna give yourself away yeah. so 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 easily. Mm. Uh, and yet you've had a, a, a career of sorts, uh, you know, um, and. One thing about you, I suppose, is that you'll keep going back mm. to the same criminals. Mm, different uh, disguises. You put on a different hat yeah. or shave your beard. Or, I got a lot of mustache. I got a, I got a drawer full of mustaches. A drawer full of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so each time you'll get maybe just a little bit 
closer to maybe a one bit of info. Scrap. All you need is a little bit of info. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, look, I want to bring on your former nemesis, uh, a, a crime boss, uh, Lorcan the Parrot Finnegan. Uh, how have you dealt with Dinny over the years? Like, have you seen him coming or has he has he gotten the better of you from time to time? Well, it sure as hell hasn't been easy. It hasn't, hasn't it? No, no siree, sir. And I'll tell you, I have tried to disguise my voice on this call because I don't want nobody okay. want finding out where I am at this exact moment in time because I'm still being, you know, investigated. Yes. Because of the work that Dinny's done. Yes, sir. And um, How did you get that nickname, The Paris? Well, it's a long story, but I suppose back in the day, I used to squawk around it. Oh, I know what you mean. Like you'd 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 squawk on on other criminals, and they called you the Paris. Yeah, he'd he'd repeat things a lot. Yeah, you know? and yeah. I look at I liked a Jacob's cream cracker as much as the next man, and then one thing led to another, and Polly wants a cracker, and the whole thing just would not go away. He's he was quite easily caught because uh, 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 somebody buying off him. Um, well, a John would come up and say, um, can I have some drugs? And he said, he'd say, can I have some drugs? And, you know, it'd be loud enough for the tape to pick it up. He'd repeat everything that was said to him. When, yeah. I mean, to be a good criminal, thing you, you need to do. whisper. This, yeah. But the parrot can't whisper. And, and the cracker biscuit is just a very crumbly thing. So crumbs would be left at the crime scene. A lot of crumbs. Yeah, yeah. That was almost like your signature. Yeah. If, if there was call, crumb, cracker crumbs. Card. Sometimes yeah. I'd just sure be following was. crumbs. Like a sort of a fairy tale child to the uh, to, to the, the crime the, scene to the crime scene, yeah. Right. But his disguises over the years, it was so easy to know he was an undercover cop because no. he would walk into just a pub wearing a Cinderella outfit. Now, how in the name of hell do you think that is subtle? You are not putting the B in subtle at all, there, sir. Well, Dave, um, I mean, you 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 wear a mustache, you wear a cowboy hat, yeah. You, know, you wear a pair of glasses. You know, after 40 or 50 times, you've run out of men's costumes. Yeah. Very to, quickly, you'll you burn have, through you them. You have yeah. to dip, dip into the Disney, yeah. uh, the Disney store. Princesses and whatnot. Princesses. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I dressed up as Iago once from the oh? Aladdin series. Uh, did that help? Well, I thought, you know, being a parrot. Oh, yes, and, there uh, might be a... Some sort of parrot connection. But yeah. uh, I, I was caught out fairly quickly. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what outfit did you have the most success with, would you say? Oh, uh, probably my Rasta Man outfit. Okay, yeah, because... Uh, I used to dress up as a Rasta Man to try and uh, swindle some of these druggies, but uh, it became culturally insensitive. Yeah. And you, I can't, unfortunately, do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. You would have the dreadlocks or whatever, did you? Yeah, I did the accent and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, you can't do that anymore. Um, you, I want to bring on your former partner, uh, Detective Sergeant Bones Brannigan. Uh, Bones, did you have better luck with the old undercover work? No. Okay. Not at all. I mean, I have a very distinctive uh, look and voice. Um, so it was it was deemed that uh, my colleague uh, did most of the work. Um, so what would you do then? I'd wait in the car. Okay. <laughs> and were you able to help him much? Like, did you have one of those microphones that you could tell him what to say? Or uh, Not really, no. The, the only time I'd, I'd be able to help him um, is if he had maybe, he'd gone to the shop and he'd bought maybe several coffees or a few sandwiches and his hands were full and he needed the door open for him. Because, right. You know, I don't drive or anything, so. Okay. Um, <laughs> You're selling yourself so short. And you he, really he, he used to beep the horn if there was trouble. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I remember the horn. But that's uh, it, you know, and I was, I, I got a medal for that. 
actually. You got a medal for beeping the horn? I did. The best horn beeper in, in the whole uh, precinct. Wow. So. Yeah. I mean, now, the, the golden oogas, um, they don't just give them to every cop on the street, you know. Okay. <laughs> now, did his horn beeping ever get you in trouble? Oh, it got me into trouble more times than got me out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, I know the horn because the second it would go off, like, well, there's the pair back again trying yeah. to crack the case. You yeah, know, it yeah. was. It well, was it was the horn from um, the Dukes of Hazard as well. It was a very distinctive horn. Okay, yeah. You can't. You can't. <laughs> <have that. laughs> was that just <laughs> something like that? Yeah. It's the only button in the car that I was allowed to touch. Right. No, sorry. It was. That's it, yeah. And every every criminal in Dublin knew that horn. And they knew that you were... You, we used to paint the car and sure, they'd, they'd know the horn. But these two boys are the laughing stock, you know, because every crime in Dublin, every gang knows that these two are the worst at their job. That's uh, that's harsh, isn't I it? I would say that part of policing is, is, is people knowing that you're there. Mm. And that you but know, not undercover policing, I wouldn't have thought... But your existence serves as a threat and, and a kind of a deterrent for, for I, criminality. I know so what you mean. If they know that we're on the street, yeah. um, whether it be sitting in the car or sitting in the pub dressed as Michael Jackson, <laughs> <laughs> they know that they, they're, not, they're not going to commit o- openly commit crimes in front yeah. of us. So. Yeah, that's an interesting approach to being undercover. It's almost like overcover. Overcover. Undercover. Uh, because yes, say correct. you had been successful, right? Oh, yeah. And you dream about and it. And you'd been undercover in the Pirates gang for mm. two or three years. That whole time, he would have thought he was getting away scot-free and he would have done all sorts. Yeah, he, he, God only knows what he would have got up yeah. to. Like, he was already the worst criminal in Dublin. Yeah. So imagine what he would have been doing if he didn't realise that I was in the room with them. Exactly. Whereas when you guys were going in every day to his local hangout or Taking whatever. Notes. Yeah, with your fake moustache and your and your Disney yeah. princess outfit. He knew he couldn't get away with anything. No. Yeah. And oh. do you feel that, like, that that had an effect on your criminal enterprise, the pirate? Oh, no. I mean, we just <laughs> had, you know, we had our guys in the in the pub. They would just, you know, entertain these two coming in. But we had our main gang still out in the streets committing the crime. Okay. It was... So these these two, we just enjoyed the fun of it. You know, right. they would come in, you know, to Cinderella, you would have Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Peppa Pig was a personal favorite of mine because, you know, pigs and the cops. It was just a nice <laughs> touch. <laughs> Never know. made that connection. <laughs> It is a good it's one. embarrassing now when it's said back <laughs> you to think me. back on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, look, I want to bring on the Minister for, Minister for Justice. Uh, Minister, uh, what, what brings you onto the show? Hello, Dave. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, I just think that this is a very good story for the Department of Justice. It just shows all the, the good news that's mm. out there. I mean, often uh, we hear about criminality and we hear about all the crimes that have been committed uh, when this is actually a success story for us. How is it a success? Well, it's it's the longest, as 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 my colleague had said earlier, that it's the longest anyone stayed undercover for the police. Oh, 28 minutes. 28 minutes. minutes, That's uh, and there's lots of stories out there. If you let me finish my point, Dave. Sure, yeah. There's lots of stories out there uh, that we don't hear about. So we didn't hear about, for example, I sent 17 emails yesterday. Mm -hmm. I bought a pair of Italian leather shoes. And I ate a low calorie lunch. That's not reported. Mm. So it's actually very, very positive that we have stories like this on your program. So I'd like to thank you for that. But why should it be reported that you bought some shoes or whatever? So well, it's a good news story, Dave. Is what he's saying. Oh, and and all I mean, we get nowadays. All we get bad. now is like, well, oh. I have fault alerts, and it just shows that I'm I'm capable of finding solutions to common problems. Well, nice. it's like, the amount of money, though, that's being pumped into this is the problem because, you know... Into shoes? Into their investigative team because over the last two years, I believe, 30 million was used. 
And, and this that is, was this is going into well, that, that costume costumes because we do actually cover um, children's parties. The minister also for children's parties, yeah, um, for ring boys and for sex dolls. And there's lots of different oh, things that we so do. Are you making savings there? Well, that's it. That we cover, we reuse the costume yes. each time. Mm. Ring boys are very, very useful, as you know. Uh, I don't, in, what in is a ring boy? Of, it's, it's, you know, the thing you throw into the water when someone's in trouble. Oh, yes, sorry. It's very, yeah, yeah, very yeah, yeah, useful yeah. in yeah. those kinds of situations. But also, if oh, a lady, I, I was for example, to... has forgotten her bikini, the, the ring boy can, can uh, cover certain areas, uh, such as the vagina and anus. So, I mean, there's, there's loads of different things that the Department of Justice, ring boys, sex dolls and party costumes is doing uh, that we don't hear about every day. And this is an example of that. So, I thought a ring boy was um, the young lads who go around boxing matches holding oh, up the, the signs. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking too. Uh, that's department entirely. That's a very different... That's the Department of, of Rural Affairs. Wait, but are, after them. are you saying so, that sex dolls are being reused as flotation devices? Yes, and they're also used as part of undercover work, as as my colleague would would, would attest to. He's brought a number of sex dolls in with him. Oh, as to be like your, your or boyfriends oh, okay. or whatever it else is. Um, no, they're found out very quickly. But it is, are they found out quicker than you are found out, or would they tend to well, last as soon a bit as, longer? As soon as they burst. But I, th- I suppose the worst, um, the worst experience I had um, as a undercover cop I, I was dressed up as a prostitute okay a lady prostitute mm-hmm. and uh, it was a sting operation and I, I met my mark uh, we agreed in a price uh, we went to the room what I didn't realise he was actually also another undercover guard oh no and uh, I suppose we we were waiting for our prospective bunch of lads to come in and, and, and conduct the bust and they thought it would be rather funny not to right. uh, enter the room and we ended up having having full sex with each other <laughs> And uh, the lads didn't come in until the next morning, until we were uh, in each other's arms, you know, yeah. making, co- making coffee. Both both groups sort of played a prank on you there. I they? suppose it was yeah. sort of a ribbing of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But there you go. I mean, that just shows the kind of morale that we have uh, in the police force. I think it's very, very, it's a good sign uh, that your colleagues decided to play a laugh and a joke. And you know, there's lots of workplaces where that's not allowed. Very true. And I think but Minister, I put it to you, Minister, I put it to you that Lorcan the Pirate Finnegan is yeah. still at large. He's still the head, allegedly, of a, of a huge, uh, one of the largest uh, criminal uh, organisations in Europe. He brought Tipex into Ireland. He brought Tipex into Ireland. We still are. He's still bringing in Tipex. He just admitted it. Not illegal, but still. What are you going to do about it? Well, I, I think it's very easy to focus on problems, David, when there's lots of do, lots of good Don't answer, answer. Well, no, don't I, avoid I, I the think, question. No, I think it's a very, very important and I think it's it's very important I finish this point, OK? The government looks after a number of different areas in public life, in private life, in, in all... We know what a government is, life. Minister. You let me finish, Dave. Um, and the, the, you're talking about Lorcan here. Lorcan is a businessman. And the government supports businesses. It supports. Uh, it doesn't run an SME. And it supports uh, post offices with your tax. It's money. a crime and lord. And we are doing our very best to support local people where they need support. He is, a- and uh, I, I think it's it's very telling that you, Dave, uh, would like to focus on that kind of a story and ignore all the good things the government is doing because you have an agenda. I don't have and an agenda. Every time I'm on this program, David, there's always uh, some kind I, of a, 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 a problem. No, or when a, I have the opposition on, comes on, and and it's. And it's suddenly all the government's fault. That's unfair when I have the opposition so, on. I am just as harsh with them. But the, the, the fact remains that this man is a criminal at large. He's as much ad, as admitted. An alleged criminal. He's as much oh, no. as much as. I sure ad- as hell am a criminal. 
So you're outside the I country now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where, I self-described alleged criminal uh, type. I, I think you don't I, believe I, I think, him? You don't well, believe I, that he's I, I, look, a crime I, there's boss? There's certain things that I believe and certain things that I don't believe, yeah. David. Okay. And we can get into all those different things if you want to, but it doesn't sound like you do. It sounds like you want to wrap this up and say that, oh, it's the Minister for Justice yet again spending public money in, in ways that are inefficient. When I've told you about all the efficiencies we make in terms of the reuse of costumes and, and ring well, boys and sex dolls. Well, where are we with ring boys? Because I feel like there's beaches around the country that are missing their ring boys and, and there's just sex dolls and they're not... We have increased the number of ring boys on local beaches by about 200% over the last three years. Well, uh, I can... But it was shockingly low so, before well, yeah, that. I mean, you had, had, look, you had we three from, and now you've got nine. We had, we had nine, 13 so. and a half actually, David, <laughs> three years ago. And now then we had 25 and now we had 50. Right. So there's we, no, there's I'm no, not sure about your maths. I, well, I would like to hear from the opposition spokesperson about Ring Boys about well, how there, they could approve We did reach out can. to the opposition, uh, uh, to the justice spokesperson. It wasn't available to join the discussion today. We do have uh, Lork and the Pirate Finnegan here and we've got uh, guarded detective Dinny McGuinness. Detective, you're, I guess, uh, somewhat neutral in all this. Uh, where do you think the government uh, can do more to, to take down people like uh, uh, the pirate? Um, well, I, I mean, I think we should learn to live with these characters. I think they're a part of society as much as a milkman or a bread man. Or a drug a man? candlestick man. A drug man? Well, I mean, um, Dave, would you enjoy a pint of Guinness in the evening? Of course. How about a, a bottle of Benelin? Sure, when I've got a cough. They're drugs, Dave. Uh, sorry, sorry to shock you, but um, he's providing a service. Now, you could argue that um, the particular drug that uh, this man supplies uh, does make you see the devil and, and tear off your skin with a cheese grater. Right. Um, but... Is that specifically drugs that he deals in? It's a new type of drug oh. uh, called Mouse's Tit. Mouse's Tit. Um, and it drives the user completely gaga. Mm. Um, I spoke to a young lad there who took some at electric picnic. Yeah. Um, and he woke up. Um, he woke up four months later, and he was still singing Oasis songs. Jesus Christ! So I mean. Minister, what are you doing about the scourge of mice's tits? Well, I, th- I think it's very, you should be very, very careful about the kind of claims you make. Lots of people see the devil, David. Lots of people see the devil and lots of people sing Oasis songs. In fact, Oasis are one of the most popular bands, uh, musical uh, rock uh, bands. Let them finish. With devil worshippers? Finish in the, in the entire world. So it's not unnatural for somebody to see the devil and uh, also sing songs for four by months? Liam and Noel Gallagher. Well, absolutely. Yeah, there's absolutely super fans in places like Japan and the Seychelles. We're not talking about Japan, Minister. We're talking about are, Ireland. Who actually think it's a very good thing to see the devil and sing songs by Oasis. All right, well, so I think, I'm living in I, Ireland. Well, I don't listen, know about I think you. We, t- we have very different standards about what's good and what isn't. Yeah, it. okay. Well, I, uh, last word then and Mace's tit to uh, the Paris... I mean, it's selling really well for us <laughs> yeah. over here. And I just want to say again, thank you to the minister for having very little boys out there because we have buried many, many victims at sea okay. due to the lack of boys on beaches across this country. Well, listen. Um, that's and, and that's part of, you know, the, the Department of Marine is responsible for the, the calm seas that made that possible. Yeah. So, I think once know. a crime happens outside of the land, then it's not really the government's problem. Yeah, if it's beyond the... If it's beyond a couple of metres, yeah. I think it's England's problem, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let them sort it out. Okay, look, I'm afraid we're out of time. I want to thank all my callers today, but I especially want to thank Kevin McGarren, Michael Fry, and Justine Stafford. Folks, do you have anything you want to plug? Kevin. What, what dates is coming out, Dave? Uh, June 5th. Well, I'll be in Killarney and Dingle 
on the 7th and 8th and uh, I might go see the Wu-Tang Clan on the 9th. Oh, where are they playing? Uh, I can't remember. It just says, <laughs> just says 9th of June, Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> uh, Michael, do you have anyone for me? Uh, yes, I do. So I am playing Whelan's on the 28th of um, June for a work in progress for my dub- uh, Edinburgh Fringe show uh, with Killian Sonnenberg. We'll be doing that for the last two weeks of August. And I'm also playing uh, Token Straight by... Uh, Hysteria Comedy at the Sugar Club on the 22nd of June as well. Uh, and I'm also playing Body and Soul. So Brilliant. Um, okay. Yeah, so you can see me there. I don't really have anything else to plug other than follow me on my social. I'm still talking like a TD. <laughs> <laughs> just, just follow me, all right? <laughs> uh, Justine, do you want to plug your socials or anything like that? Yeah, you can find me on socials and, oh yeah, it's 5th June. Uh, gigs I have are over by then, but then I'll be doing the festivals in the summer uh, okay. and all those as well, so. Keep an eye out for you there. Um, I am doing a show in the Pierce Centre, June 16th. Uh, it's called Breaking News and it's an improvised news show hosted by me and Mark Canton. Uh, it's going to be great crack. Uh, it's BYOB and tickets are available from Eventbrite now. And you can follow me at Phoning It In Show on Instagram for more details. Uh, brilliant. Thanks, guys. Thank you to the Heads of Podcast Network for having us and to Bobby O'Hearn for our theme music. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Phoning It In. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.